It's not a product, it's a technology. It's an education challenge. A regenerative suspension? There will be a growing demand for industrial photovoltaics. Pumped hydro. Innovation in the financing space. The high-speed train is in all our interests. All political lines. Australia is a solar paradise. The market is moving much faster than that. You've got something that's transformational. Solar window in a can. Beyond Zero. Global warming science, solutions and action. Taking it to a do-it-yourself <laughs> level. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Beyond Zero show. We're coming to you from the studios of 3CR Melbourne, syndicated around Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast on the internet at bz.org.au and 3cr.org.au. You can also follow us on Twitter. My name is Kay Wenigal and I'm joined today by my co-host Natalie Bucknell. Hello listeners, hello Kay. And Michael Steindl. Hi everyone. Hi guys. The key to reducing our emissions and transitioning to renewables is understanding our energy use. For businesses, this is also critical for managing energy costs and productivity. To manage energy use, we need to be able to measure it and to be able to interpret the data. Energy Tech Ventures have taken on this challenge, and today we're going to be talking to Energy Tech Ventures founder and CEO, Wilmesh Batoria, who is in Australia as part of the Startup Bootcamp program. Welcome, Umesh. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. Umesh, in one or two sentences, how would you summarize what Energy Tech Ventures does? That's a bit difficult, but then I'll try to do that. (laughs) Energy Tech Ventures is essentially all about helping small, medium and large businesses to make the most out of their information and data that they have and to be able to reduce their energy consumption or improve energy productivity. And what, what service is Energy Tech offering? So we call it insights as a service, which essentially means that everything that has to be done from acquiring data to interpreting it and giving them call to actions or insights is all done automated without any human intervention. And it happens to them live. Omish, um, the commercial and industrial sector here in Australia has about two thirds of the electrical energy going into that area. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I looked at one of the reports which was published by uh, the federal government where they stated that almost two-thirds of the electricity consumption um, goes to commercial and industrial landscape. Yeah, that's correct. And that's that's pretty much how it is for most of the global economies, not just Australia. Majority of the energy consumption, both electricity, thermal and otherwise, goes to the commercial and industrial landscape. Okay, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? So BZE is, in their reports, have highlighted that the the low-hanging fruit is energy efficiency, and I presume that's what energy tech services addresses in the commercial and uh, industrial sectors. Is that what you do? We would have liked to believe that energy efficiency still remains to be a low-hanging fruit, but to be very fair, most of the commercial and industrial sectors have been able to take advantage of the low-hanging fruit, which is change of equipments, or to be able to do, like, shift from conventional lighting to LED. What we really help organizations is to go well beyond that and take a systems approach, understand the way they use energy, what they need is still what they need, and if not, then go ahead to be able to help them reduce that. That's that's fundamentally what we do, and which is well beyond uh, the conventional take on energy efficiency. So what you're calling it is energy productivity, not energy efficiency. 
Essentially, yes, that's where the world's moving now. Energy efficiency for long has been a bottom line impact issue and energy productivity uh, is a term that gets most of the important people in organizations excited as it becomes a top line issue. Just to make it simple, it's about doing more consuming the same amount of energy and which essentially means there's greater economic output that you you get out of the kind of energy you use. Vis-a-vis getting the same economic output and trying to reduce the consumption by 5%, 10%. So there's still a measure of, of um, energy specificity, the, the energy per product used, but um, you're trying to work more on the process and getting more out of the process rather than just um, reducing the energy use. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. It's at the end of the day about the specific energy consumption. There are two different ways of looking at it. And as I said, energy productivity is a term that gets uh, most important people in a country excited. It could be manufacturing industry, politicians. Everyone is excited about energy productivity because at the end of the day, it's all about getting the economy back on track. And that's where the difference lies. And is it a driver for this regulatory stuff, or um, is it just companies deciding to do this for themselves? How does the the global move to reduce energy in line with the Paris agreements come into this? It's a combination of all. Of course, the, the climate change talks, uh, Kyoto Protocol, and then going forward, the Paris Agreement, all have kind of got to a point where the governments are are asking their industries to report energy consumption, actions that they are taking to reduce that. But more importantly, that we have seen over the last few years is that the fundamental investors are look putting as climate change as a risk to their investments and are wanting the companies where they've invested in to be able to report on the steps that they are taking. And that has caused a fundamental shift in the market. And that's where we are seeing the companies really take actions on reducing energy or their exposure on climate change as a whole. So there's two separate um, issues here. So one is the reporting structure, and here in Australia it's APRA that um, advises that directors have to um, be liable to their their investors, and, and that's starting to become a good thing in terms of climate change. And then totally separate from that, there are parents' agreements. There's the climate change agreements that mean that companies have to report. Yeah, I mean... As you quite clearly said, reporting is one aspect, but but to be very fair, I guess it's more about transparency and being accountable morally rather than being accounted legally, uh, which is, of course, a, a greater driver. And, and that's where we are seeing governments, states, federal governments, state governments, industries all being transparent in the way they want to tell to their stakeholders what they are doing for climate change. And that essentially means being able to use a lot of data, crunch it, interpret it and put it out in the right manner so that it can be un- it can be understood by all stakeholders. I've heard you mention that Shell is becoming an energy company and that this is actually a- an important change. Can you tell us about that? Now, I saw a report. Uh, said Shell is, we've all known Shell or some of those companies as oil and gas companies, but eventually there's a shift in the market happening where everyone's looking at energy as one big sector. There's no oil and gas, electricity, everything's going to come in one. So one of the reports I actually saw where it was said that Shell's going to become, uh, you know, in the UK, they'll they'll move into electricity distribution. And pretty much here in Australia, we've been hearing news about uh, telecom giant looking at, at the utility landscape. So there's a clear, uh, you know, convergence of multiple sectors happening in the energy markets. Which and, and, and my belief is, I might be horribly wrong, but, but that's where we are seeing the world move. I see automobile, 
energy and telecom, the three sectors actually converging and playing a pivotal role in one manner. Everyone is eyeing for the same customer. And that's really going to cause the shift. Which is an enormous change in, to our economies and society, isn't it? It is. I mean, it, it, it is something that, that was there quite a while back. Uh, you know, a few decades back, we always had one large conglomerate. But over a period of time, then there came a, a corporate uh, strategy where you would take the smaller companies out, which did specific work, right? But now we are seeing the reverse of that. It's because everyone is eyeing for the same customer and, the, and how can they increase their revenue per customer and offer more services. And when you look at the shift happening in the market when it comes to electric vehicles, it comes to data, all of that is coming together. So it's a pretty interesting shift and it's, it's happening. So it's companies like Shell and maybe Tesla and a few others like that that are, are trying to get the customers as quickly as they can? Oh, yes, and there are a lot more of them, not just them. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot more of them. There's a lot of activity happening, which is uh, which is not what we see. And perhaps we're going to see a lot of it uh, in times to come. Do you have any other companies in mind? No, I mean, we're seeing, I mean, so I, I'm from India, and I could talk about some of the conversations we are leading with some of the corporates there. It's clearly where... Companies are now preparing for 10 years from now and not a year from now. So, of course, if you're preparing for 10 years from now, you don't quite let it out, let it out be there in public. Yeah. But, yeah, it's going to be an interesting shift. We, we are probably living in, in pretty interesting times. Yeah. So you talk about um, central energy data propositions and national energy data. Can you explain that a little bit better? Well, that's pretty interesting. Thank you for asking this question. I, it's because... Over a period of time, we have been so possessive about supply-side energy data that we've almost forgot that supply is a function of demand. And it's not just Australia. Uh, any other, other country does not have a pretty good idea of where the demand's going to head. So one of our work that we did under the agencies of World Bank in Bangladesh was to demonstrate that why a country needs a central repository so that it can forecast what demand is it going to be having on a particular day, which is essentially very important to then manage your supply. All this while we've been hearing, let's add more capacity, let's put more power plants, but let's understand, putting a, a more power plant, whether it's conventional or renewable, costs. Mm. And potentially it, it takes away the investment that you could do in healthcare, you could do on education, you could do on more important things. Not that energy is not important, but only adding energy on the supply is not the solution. And that's where a central energy efficiency data repository really becomes important. Okay, so we've been talking about the, the context you're working in. Let's try and understand more how your company um, adds value uh, first of all, what's the difference between an EMS, an energy management system, and a BMS, a building management system? And your services. Uh, yeah. When you look at – so I'd probably take some more time to explain this, but conventionally most people, when they look at energy analytics, they would think about the different things that would come to their mind, as you said, is energy monitoring system, a building management system, and there are a host of other systems. But we have to understand they are all systems to capture data, but not to interpret, essentially. Hmm. And most important is, I've always said, uh, I've been a physics graduate, uh, and that's all I studied, which is, which is why I'm very happy that I didn't study further. But when, when you look at physics, it essentially makes you believe that everything is a concept of a black box, 
there's something going in, something happening inside the back box and something coming out. Essentially, again, going back to the same word, that, that supply is essentially a function of demand, which means let's take the example of a dairy process uh, industry. The amount of energy that that particular uh, process industry is going to consume is going to depend on the amount of milk it's producing, the kind of milk it's producing. And hence, it's important for all those different data sets to come together and talk to each other and not remain in siloed uh, places. So that's where our services are completely different. And what's more important, we actually are leveraging the investments that the industry has already done. So we're not asking them to make more investments. Just to throw some important numbers, the energy management system, which includes building management system, is going to go, the industry is going to go from a a $16 billion spend in 2016 to almost $55 billion in 2022. And there's almost a trillion dollar to be invested in IIoT, Industrial Internet of Things, by 2025. But there was a study done by McKinsey Global Institute, and they pointed out that manufacturing sector only consumes the value out of these investments to a level of 30%. I let you do the maths, which means we are looking at potentially billions of dollars being wasted. And that's a massive opportunity that we are catering to. Okay, so Energy Tech is essentially, um, if I understand correctly, a software and data company. You're actually um, monitoring these systems, perhaps stuff that wasn't monitored before, and you're doing much more on the analytics and interpretation of that data. Is that right? Yeah, as the name suggests, we are an energy plus technology company. So we put energy at the heart of it but use leverage data sciences to be able to give people the kind of feedback that they would want to look at. Monitoring systems, as the name suggests, is to monitor, but they're not intelligent. And, and you know, it just I'll, I'll draw an analogy. We have a lot of applications downloaded on our smartphones, but we only use probably six or seven of them. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Dashboards are good to have, but no one looks at them. And beyond, the, there's another fundamental problem, that there's a huge skill gap that the industry is having It's difficult for people to look at the dashboards and interpret what to do. That's a problem we solve. They don't have to look at the dashboard. They get an alert on what's wrong, where is it wrong, what to do. So you really get down to solving something rather than trying to figure out what's wrong. If you've just tuned in, we're talking to Umesh Pretoria from Energy Tech Ventures about energy monitoring and data acquisition. So, Amish, um, you just mentioned before about building management systems and, and the cost of those. Your data system would sit on top of that and do much, much more. So it would utilise that data that's already been accumulated by them. Is that right? And, and what if they don't have the data? How do you help them? So to answer the first question, yes, absolutely. We are not a hardware company. So we, don't, we come with no strings attached. There's no terms and conditions applied, which essentially we don't ask the customers to make more investments. Uh, until less it's needed. Now, to, to the second question, yes. When a customer approaches us and they say that they want to use our services, we, of course, look at where they want to go, what's their objective, and whether they have enough data available to get to that objective. If they have, then they potentially do not need to make any investments. Otherwise, we help them with the bare minimum investments that they need to make so that they can get started. But we don't do that investment on our own or we don't supply any of the hardware. We let them choose the vendor they want to work with, but we tell them what, what's supposed to be done. Can you give a couple of examples of, of um, companies that you've done stuff for and what you've achieved for them? Uh, one of the 
one of the, one of the projects which is very close to us is the largest projects project we're doing in india which is for uh, one of the asia's largest uh, territorial manufacturing companies is where we have integrated they'd already done almost 4 million dollars of investments on data acquisition but they were but they were in siloed we came in in less than a month we aggregated that data processed over 3000 metering points uh, automated we are, which covered almost 75 megawatts of electricity distribution 70000 cfm of compressed air network 1500 tons per day of steam network essentially helping the engineering team improve the availability of the system by 10% help them understand what they were consuming how they were consuming it real time in relation to the production and process that was happening all of that allowed them to make better decisions and understand that some of the decisions that they took in the past were actually horrible decisions to take mm-hmm. for example investing into assets which were beyond the capacity they needed mm-hmm. out of 50 plus transformers they have 40 transformers which essentially operate at less than 40% loading and to me that's a crime Mm. but they only found out once our system got on top of the data that they had so that's the kind of work we do for industries okay so you've you're here in australia now you've won uh, one of a very prestigious select um positions in this startup bootcamp it's 3 months i think in australia what are you doing here in australia yeah but, i mean startup bootcamp energy australia is the first of the uh, the cohort for startup bootcamp in australia so along with nine other co- uh, you know companies we I've been around here for 2 months in in Melbourne uh, Australia as part of this program and one of the fundamental aspects of energy markets is that it's not local anymore it's not about one country anymore the problems that a country faces is also the problem that the other country faces and that's what this programs like this do that they bring in different you know startups ideas from different countries at the center stage all interact with each other and and we all are here to make world a better place and it's been an amazing experience have you had a chance to work with any australian companies oh it's been uh, spotless in energy australia two companies which are supporting the startup bootcamp energy australia program and it's been uh, a great honor to work with them in fact with spotless we have gone ahead and worked with the royal children's hospital in melbourne Oh, where right. again we we did the same thing in less than 2 weeks we we de- deployed our system on top of the data acquisition systems that they had and were able to offer them you know uh insights on how they could improve their life cycle for some of their assets by 7.5% optimize energy consumption by 10% and not to mention the number of anomalies that were detected on operations based on the algorithms that we put on top of the data systems that they have and we're just getting started good news that i would like to share with the listeners of 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 the show is that we are actually setting up in in melbourne that's a big decision oh. that mm. that we did not have in mind while coming in the program so we're actually going to make melbourne the home for all further ip development we do from here on how exciting is that very interesting yeah. so umesh um you mentioned about you know the algorithms that you put on top of the data collection are they always customized algorithms or do you have a set of pre-existing algorithms that you can deploy in multiple contexts how does that work i'm absolutely thrilled that you asked this question uh they are sector and purpose specific so which essentially means that if we deploy an algorithm for a commercial building for a certain application irrespective we can add the same and use the same algorithm for multiple other commercial buildings so it's only once if we enter a new sector 
do we need to customize some part of our algorithms but otherwise it's pretty much plug and play so essentially what i say i mean i it's still not pretty much an exp- explanation you would give to a 14 year old on what you do but what we what what drives us we are essentially saying we're building something like an app store for energy analytics markets so just as the way you log on to your app store you have an application you want to download and use it we eventually want to have all these algorithms available as apis as as it goes in technical uh, language so that people could just go select what they want to buy purchase it and integrate it with their systems the entire vision of ours is to be able to help the industry move from data to actions data is good but if it's not good if it does nothing Mm-hmm. So these algorithms, Yumesh, um, they can be applied worldwide. So your company won't remain in India. You'll be all over the place, I'd imagine. Or can you centralise and just do it all online? Yes, as you and software as a service essentially is not is being used in multiple sectors already. It's transformed the way businesses are done and operated. So, of course, uh, you know, for us. For example, our currently algorithms are being used in India, Australia, Malaysia, and South Africa already. So, as you rightly said, what's important is to have a global perspective, build something that could be used across the globe and not just for one country. And to be very fair, a commercial building in Australia, in India, South Africa, or anywhere in the world is going to be the same. Mm. It doesn't change. So, what changes are the weather and ambient conditions, so on and so forth, and building construction. <laughs> It does, but then essentially when you look at the way, again going back to the physics, the way things are supposed to be operated don't quite change. The laws of physics still remain the same. So following on from Kay's question, extrapolating, you mentioned on your website a do-it-yourself energy performance assessment tools. Um, what are these and, and can that really work? Essentially, the, the analogy that I would look at is a calculator, one of the the best tools that's ever been invented, right? And of course, it's it's also the worst tool because we forgot some of the basic calculations. We would even do two, two multiplied by two. We would like to kind of check it. Mm-hmm. But essentially, there's a skill gap that is there. And the best way to cover the skill gap is not only to impart capacity building, but to give tools and applications which people can use. And that's our fundamental belief that analytics which is currently only restricted to large organizations should be made available to small organizations alike and that is where our vision of using them as diy tool which is do it yourself tool and pay when you use it so otherwise you do not pay if you don't use it don't pay it that mm-hmm. that that's where the world's going to head yeah mm-hmm. and not because we're doing it but but that's fundamentally makes sense we need to democratize the entire markets it just cannot be for large industries so the stuff you're talking about it sounds like common sense get, getting more out of a given energy or being able to reduce your energy costs. What are the main barriers that stop businesses um, monitoring and managing this and actually taking up these sort of activities? It's surprising you you quite correctly said that it's common sense but unfortunately that's what's been missing from the industry for quite some time. And that's because of our core engineering way of looking at it is that whatever whatever someone is doing for ages is perhaps the right thing to do mm-hmm. it's the only thing that the industries could potentially do now is go back to school look back things again and look at the design that they did 20 years back 15 years back and i'm sure they would be the best people to find out that there are flaws in the way the entire structure was designed and that's essentially again tying back to my answer energy productivity allows us to do that energy efficiency is more often than not more about equipments and energy productivity 
more more often than not is about systems. I mean, she, on your website, you've also got this thing called EE Hub. Can you explain that? So the EE Hub is essentially the marketplace that we are building, the app store. It's a work in progress, but essentially that's what's going to be utilized to for us to be able to move to multiple countries. It's the same place where people would log on, download the applications, and and use it with their systems. What are the, what are the main challenges to your business thriving and being taken up? I guess it's a lot about the perception of the market. Uh, currently, one of the biggest challenges that we face while talking to industries is people always tie back analytics and they spend on analytics with regards to a return of investment. And to be very fair, you only could talk about ROI if you know what the problem is and what you need to do this, to solve that problem. And essentially, helping change that narrative of the industry and perspective shift is perhaps the biggest challenge. And the way we are trying to address is with the community and not just doing it on our own. So I have a lot of our information available on website. We do events where we try to get people on board and help them understand what this shift could mean. Yeah, that's the biggest challenge for us. What are your plans for the business? What's the next step? The, the first next step is to go back to home uh, on 30th April. That's not a part of the business plan. <laughs> but essentially, we, as I said, we are setting up in, in Melbourne. Uh, so I'm going to be back again in June, set the process up and uh, get started with the 2.0 version of our business. I do like a phrase you used in, in one of your, um, I think it was a podcast where you said you talk about playing the orchestra, not the individual instruments. I thought it was a, a very good way of talking about what you're doing. Have you, have you got many competitors, Umesh? I guess just to elaborate mo- more on, on, on that and, and as a closing point, the playing the orchestra and music is what we're essentially saying, the same thing. You don't need to invest more to be able to reap benefit out of the system. And the market is so big that perhaps we don't have to worry about competitors right now. In fact, some of our competitors are actually using our algorithms. So that's how big oh, the market like is. That. So, Amish, um, people can find out more on your website? Yes, is it's... It the best? Yeah, they can find it on website, which is entechventures.com. Entechventures.com. So it's E-N-T-E-C-H-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S dot com. Absolutely. Thank you so much for doing that. And the more easier way, just Google search Umesh Pretoria and you'll have all the links pop up. Great. Thanks very much for your time today, Umesh. Yeah, and good luck with the remainder of the um, Startup Bootcamp. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be on the show. We've been speaking to Umesh Pretoria about energy tech ventures and energy monitoring and data acquisition. The Beyond Zero show is brought to you by the Climate Change Solutions think tank, Beyond Zero Emissions, and is recorded in the studios of 3CR Melbourne and syndicated around Australia on the Community Radio Network. If you want to listen to this show or any of the others we've done, you can go to bze.org.au and click on podcasts. If you enjoy the show and can donate to help cover our airtime costs and keep us on the air, please go to the BZE website and click on the donate button. Thanks for listening and we look forward to you joining us again next week. Beyond Zero Emissions is an internationally recognised climate solutions think tank that is focused on solutions, not problems. Become part of the solution by becoming a monthly base load supporter. Go to www.bze.org.au to find out more. bze.org.au You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.